Hello, good people. Welcome to The Chris Stefanik Show, the show that helps you find the joy that God made you for in the midst of everyday life. Don't miss us every week as we dive into real issues with real people and answer real questions. God bless you. My brothers and sisters, so good to be with you right now. We're going to dive into the mysteries of God and to living the life that He made us for. And tonight, we're going to really focus on how giving away stuff and making your priority giving things away rather than getting makes you happier. And you're hearing me right now thinking, yeah, I've heard that before, and I already know that. But do you really, really believe it? We're going to dive into how that's actually true, and I've got an amazing guest to talk with. Thanks for joining us. Woohoo! St. Francis is one of my favorite saints. His feast day is October 4th, and he's one of my favorite saints because of his incredible joy. And he got that joy in a way that most people would never imagine. He got that joy because of his incredible poverty spirit. You see, he didn't get it for making worldly things his priority, but his priority was making sure he was attached to no worldly thing. And his, one of his big converting moments was when he, he was feeling this call from God to renounce the world and to give everything up to embrace what he called lady poverty. All right? And his dad was a merchant, so he did something that I, I actually kind of feel bad for his dad. He took a bunch of the, the stuff he was supposed to sell for his dad, and he sold it, took the money, gave it away to the poor. So his dad brought him on trial before this judge, before a bunch of people, before the bishop. And on that trial, his dad said, you know, he's, he's either going to give up his inheritance or give him my money back. So St. Francis right there in front of everybody ripped all his clothes off. And he said, I renounce my inheritance. I renounce everything. God is my father now. Now, um, he was a saint, but I don't recommend ever doing something like that. <laughs> you do that in front of your bishop or on a trial somewhere, you'll probably be banned from every youth event in your archdiocese forever. But anyway, that was his moment where he's saying, I, I don't need the world to make me happy. And, and my favorite prayer of St. Francis is, my God and my all. He said, I need God to make me happy. And his, his whole life was about giving everything up, by the way, to show you what a big fran fan of Francis I am. I'm, I'm wearing my, my St. Francis socks today. <laughs> Guys, I admire that about Francis, but it's really hard for me to live that. And I can say things like giving everything away is what's going to make me happy. But it's really hard in my heart of hearts to believe that, you see, because our, our tendency to love money and to make life about acquiring things is tied to deep psychological needs that we have. We need to be safe, we need to feel provided for. So we become convinced that money is gonna provide for me. We forget that God is using things like money to provide for us. We think money is the provider. So we have this psychological need for safety attached to money. We need to feel like we're accomplished, like we're doing something in this world. And money's an easy way to measure your accomplishments. I mean, it's not this ethereal thing. It's how many zeros are behind that one in my bank account. Well, that's what I've accomplished. So then I matter. We, ha we have this profound psychological need for, for worth. So we talk about things like self-worth and net worth, and we get those two things confused. We think our net worth is our self-worth. We learn our self-worth in our, in our faith, guys. What's my net worth? My net worth is God the Son to God the Father. One Eucharist is my net worth body of Christ, all for you. That way of approaching life, that way of approaching money where you say, I'm not going to have all these psychological needs that are generally attached to money, attached to, to stuff, but I'm going to unhook all those needs and attach that to Almighty God, my God and my all. Guys, that's, that's a path to real joy. But I got to say, it's hard because your, your heart automatically goes to those things. You've heard the phrase a million times, follow your heart. I got to say, your heart is dumb. Don't follow your heart. <laughs> Don't follow your heart until you grabbed hold of it and formed it in Jesus Christ. And he, all over scripture, the path to happiness, it's clear, 
It's about giving everything away. Living with radically different priorities, priorities in this world tells you to live with. And all the latest research proves, once again, the scriptures are right, that Jesus is right when he says, take up your cross and follow me. Give up your life and then you'll find it. They recently studied uh, lotto winners to find out if the money they got made them happier. And guess what? They found out it didn't make them any happier at all. And for many of them, it ruined their lives. They discovered that up to a certain point, money can help increase happiness, and that point is getting your basic needs met. But every dollar beyond that, and the amount's not very high either, every dollar beyond that, whether it's $1, $1,000, $10,000, a million dollars, a hundred million dollars, Chris, I know I'd be happier if I had a hundred million dollars. Every amount beyond getting your basic needs met can give you more distractions, can give you more fun, can give you more comforts, won't make you one point happier on the happy meter. Not even a little bit. They did this other study recently, and they gave a lot of people this huge bonus and wanted to find out if it made them happier. So they, they gave these people a bonus and revisited them six months later to see who was happier. For the people who used the bonus on themselves, they had more fun. They had more comfort. For the people who used their bonus on the poor, who gave it away to different charities, those people were actually happier. So money can apparently buy happiness, but you got to give it away to other people. St. Francis, pray for us that we'd turn all those worldly priorities upside down and live for the stuff of God rather than the stuff of the world. I have an incredible gift, uh, guest today who's a gift to me. He's, he's going to be a gift to you guys uh, to talk about how that actually looks in someone's life and to once again prove Scripture right <laughs> by showing that this stuff works. While we're talking to the guest, I want you guys to text your questions in. Text 720 720-650-650. 0100. Again, that's 720-650-0100. And uh, we'll get to your questions. Me and Mark will answer them. My brother, Mark Bauman. Good to see you, Chris. I love you, man. I was telling Thank Mark you. before before uh, I was telling you before we talked uh, in front of the cameras, like, I don't really care if anyone's even watching because I just enjoy grabbing coffee <laughs> with you so dang much because you inspire me, Mark. So. Thank you. Thank you. I, my wife said, have a good time when you're... Uh, going to talk with Chris, and I said, I always have a good time with we Chris. We always have a good time. Amen. Um, Amen. I, I, uh, your conversion story is beautiful and kind of blows my mind. Um, your priority in life had nothing to do with anything I just said previously. No. no. You know, your priority was not to give away money. Uh, it was to get, because that's, you know, the path to happiness. You were convinced, like countless other people today, that that's going to make you happy. Uh, and you ended up getting way more money than most people ever get. Uh, tell us about your, your path to success, what that looked like to you, and how it actually deprived you of happiness. What, what ended up happening to your soul on that path? Well, it's, I'm, I'm one of eight kids, and the greatest blessing I ever had in my life was my life and my family. And uh, thanks be to God, my parents were strong Catholics, and they grounded us in the faith. But I grew up in the 50s and 60s, and I soon fell away from the faith. And I enjoyed things, especially things that would make you high or make you wild or party or whatever. And um, I think that can happen even in the 2020s. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it can. I'm sure it but can. But I think in the 60s, I've got an idea of what that meant. Yeah. And um, so I started chasing worldly things, and I decided after high school not to go to college because I thought it would be a disaster. And thanks be to God, I ended up working on a vineyard for five years, which gave me a really good work ethic, but I didn't know my faith. Yeah. Um, 
So after that, I decided to go to college. I went to college, and in college, I was uh, I, I was five years older, so I worked real hard at it. Yeah. I had the yeah. work ethic. And when I graduated from college, I uh, got the best uh, legal job I ever had. Yeah. And um, I was uh, going along, and um, what happened was God put my wife in front of me. And uh, I didn't know it at the time, but um, he gave her to me, and she brought me back to the faith. But she brought me back as yeah. well as she knew it, because she didn't. You know, we weren't formed well in the faith yeah, when yeah. we were growing up. But so, you're, but you're before your wife. I mean, you were, you were, you were succeeding wildly. I passed the place on the freeway with all those. Satellites that well, that you... wasn't that wasn't before my wife. Okay, okay, okay. So this okay. is this is part of the journey, though, right? Right. Okay. Right. So God planted that seed of your salvation in in your wife. In and my wife. It's usually yeah. a pretty woman who saves a man's soul. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. Literally, yeah. I've talked to people who like are in charge of bringing people into the church in RCA, and it's usually like I, I'm here because of my girlfriend or my wife or my fiance. All right. So right. Met, met your wife and then kept on the road to success. Right, and uh, and, and faith was kind of on the, the side, but I um, the the you know we went to mass on Sundays, but I didn't really know my faith. Yeah, I did love my children, and that was kind of the center of what I was doing. Yeah, but the top th three things that I had were work, family, and God, and sadly I had them in that order work instead was of number one. Work was number one, and yeah. I, uh, the intention was really good. I wanted to provide for my family. I wanted to make sure that they had everything they needed in case something happened to me. But that just kind of took me over, and I, I was a workaholic. I'd work 80-hour weeks, and, you know, I'd come home. My wife was basically raising the kids, and I was yeah. kept getting higher and higher in the company. Um, you're one of the most relaxed people I know now. Uh, I mean, you're, you're, like, you have such a calm and peace about you that when you say I was a total workaholic, it's like, Mark Bauman? And uh, maybe your wife would, would be watching and saying, no, he's not. Oh, she's, la she's laughing right now, I'm sure. Um, what, 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 what drove you to, to work that much? I want, my father provided for us. We, I was one of eight kids. He was a working man. Um, we, we never had a lot of things, but we had what we needed. Yeah. And I wanted to provide for my family the same way. So that's what drove me to work. It wasn't, I wasn't working to become wealthy. But I became very, very wealthy. And you the just thought this what you have to do, though. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, we were taught you have to be, you have to provide, you have to do yeah. it, you have to make it, make this, you know, you have to do this. And you believe that. And so you start doing yeah. that and, and you don't let anything stop you from doing that. The thing is, it, it kind of takes hold of you. Yeah. You, are, you aren't pos in possession of your work. It's in possession of you. And I think that's true with things as well. Mm. You don't own things, they own you. What do you mean by that? Let's say you're going to um, get a nice fancy sports car or a boat or a motorcycle. Well, you've got to spend time with that motorcycle or boat yeah. or car. Yeah. And that's all you're yeah. doing anymore. You're not spending time with friends. You're not yeah. necessarily doing things with other people. You're, you're spending time with that possession and it's possessed you right um, you know people I know people who own five different houses and they go from house to house to house the houses own them they dictate where these people right. are going to go right they're, they're not you know if their friend calls them up and said hey let's go here 
No, 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 we're going here. Yeah, and the human heart is so dumb because, there's, again, there's people watching right now who are like, even, they're even into their faith and they're thinking, but I, I know I'd be happier if I had another house. It's or not a bigger true. house. Or a house in Maui. Or a, not that those things are sinful and bad and evil. Um, well, but, let, me, let me share with you what, was, what happened in, in my business. I was in the cable yeah. industry, and the cable industry made a lot of multimillionaires. And the, the founders in the cable industry were mostly people who um, worked to make, you know, to make their business successful, and they did very well. Yeah. And then they did the total opposite with their children. They started giving their children money or putting the children in, in high positions in their companies. Yeah. And I looked around the industry and I saw these people who had lives that were bankrupt wow. and they had all the money they could want. They had all the possessions they could want. And one day the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart and said, you got to give away what you made because it's going to ruin your family. And thanks be to God, I came home and I actually told her that. I told my wife, Nancy, we got to give everything we have away, everything that I've made, uh, because it's going to ruin us. And she looked at me and she said, okay, that's it. Okay. Uh, I, I'm just, I get chills every time I hear about the grace of God in someone's life like that. I mean, that's Jesus is still alive. People think that he's, he's a thing of the past. He's still here. He's still, he, like St. Francis's story. He got to that place where he ripped his clothes off because he heard the Lord speaking to him. Well, to, wait, to give everything away. It still happens now. There's a qualification, though. Yeah. I didn't really know my faith that well when I made that statement to her. Yeah, how the heck did you? That's, that's Who wild. Who does that? Who Nobody does, that? does Nobody. that. Well, that, Mark Bauman does that. No, the Holy Spirit does yeah. that. I, <laughs> I, I wanted my family. My family was so important to me that I did not want to lose it. And I was afraid if I had all that wealth and I kept it for myself, we would be going places or buying things and... Our, our kids were going to become spoiled, and they, we had a wonderful family life, and I didn't want to lose it, so <clears throat> we decided God, we had to give it away. And because that, I, I'm looking at you dumbfounded, because, I, I, again, this is the kind of thing, like, you hear that kind of statement after someone's really well-formed and uh, has, been, has been watching for, stuff on, on Formed and EWTN incessantly, and it's, you know, and reading their Bible all the time. It's like, you just went straight from, uh, my life's primarily about work and, and success and money to, let's give it all away. Yeah. Um, because of the voice of God. What did it look and like And yet I didn't know to, it. I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. What did it look like for you to actually find, and by the way, Nancy is a, a saint for saying, okay. What, what She's is a it, saint for more than that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot more to his story that he's not sharing. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, you had serious stuff you were converting from. When you say yeah. '60s sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever. I mean, like this was all all had its hooks in you. Yes. Back in the day, uh, so for you to go from that conversion and giving everything up, um, what did it look like for you to say, okay, I'm I'm going to do what, what St. Francis did, but it, it, as without a without really knowing St. Francis, without knowing well. who he was. Yeah. yeah. What did that look like? I just I just knew. If I kept this money, I didn't want my kids turning out like the kids that uh, the young, the the people that were in the cable industry. I didn't want them to turn out like that. Wow. I, I loved my family, and we always had fun doing very simple things. So um, we made the decision, and then God, the Holy Spirit, just you know came in again. The, the week before we were going to meet with a, dink, a deacon from the church, yeah. Archbishop Chaput showed up at our parish to say Sunday Mass, and my three kids are serving on the altar. 
Wow. And um, so after mass, we're waiting for the kids to get done. And uh, Father Raycraft says, would you like to meet the archbishop? And I said, sure. So we start talking. <laughs> I told him those were my kids up on the altar. And he complimented me on the kids. Yeah. And uh, then I said, oh, I was going to be meeting with uh, Deacon Neal this week about a gift to the church. He said, would you like me to come to the meeting? I said, sure. I didn't know him. He didn't know me from Adam. Wow. And uh, I went to his house for lunch. Nancy and I went to his house for lunch on Wednesday of that week. And um, I told him, Archbishop, we want to give everything we have to the church. I'll give you half now and you get the rest when I die. And when I told him the number, he about fell off his chair. <laughs> and uh, he said, why would you do that? People don't do that. And I said, because I love my family and I don't want to lose my family. And uh, he said, well, don't you want another house? No. Uh, don't you want um, more cars? No. He asked me a number. I mean, he really challenged me. He, he, I think, wanted to make sure that I was serious about what I was going to do. And so wow. he said, um, okay, what do you want from me? Man. And I said, we don't know what we're doing. We could give to something that's bad. Yeah, yeah. And so he introduced me to, introduced Nancy and I to a couple who are well known in the Denver area who have been prolific in their giving. And they become, came kind of our, um, you know, mentors in, in giving things away. And then Archbishop introduced me to a number of different people. Um, Incredible, including man. including Tim Gray, yeah, yeah. Um, good man, to help him uh, with a rewrite of the biblical school. No, so much of what what I've enjoyed as a guy growing up in Denver, uh, or living at, living living in Denver, raising my kids in Denver, um, has been funded by you, by people like you, or behind these ministries making it happen because you're generous. So I praise God for that. Um, I, yeah, your story gives me chills. I love hearing it. I love. I mean, to save your family. I mean, you you clearly saw the path forward as giving everything up for the good of your family. Now, obviously, there's, there's limits to that. You give up too much, and you're not providing for your family anymore, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> most people, the, the automatic default, money makes me safe. Money is, is, is my self-worth. Money is how I gauge accomplishments. Money is how I provide for my family. Money, 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 money. And they leave God out of the equation. And it's the exact opposite logic. I'm, I'm going to keep money and get that extra house for my family. And we, we use family to justify making everything about money. Right? You know, if, if, let's say you have a nice house and you use it for the family, for family mm -hmm. gatherings mm -hmm. and things like that, that's fine. That's not sinful. It's when these things become an attachment to you and they, they actually start taking the place of the more important things like God and like your family. Yeah. And that's when it's dangerous. I mean, look at, uh, in, in the Bible, Abraham was unbelievably wealthy yeah. and God didn't say that's bad right but Abraham used it well it's that interior um, shift yeah it's when it's about the money about the work about the success and and not about keeping first things first right if you're attached to whether it's money or to cars or houses or whatever it is it's going to own you but once you say no Lord that's not what's important to me my relationship with you is what's important to me yeah he provides for you, and so, the things lose their importance. So you making that gift, is that what brought about that shift in your heart? That like, I'm, I'm giving it away, and that like, what was it like? You know, what was it like to, make, to, when, to experience giving that away? Did you then focus on your family more, and what happened after that? 
Well, what happened was uh, that uh, we had that meeting in 2002, and I, yeah. gave the, I gave the money and two gifts at the end of 2002 and the end of 2003. In the meantime, Archbishop was introducing us to dis different apostolates, and we started giving money to those apostolates, and then we started getting involved in those apostolates. Yeah. One of them, uh, Nancy, in the second year of Endow, she started serving on the board of Endow. She started doing Endow studies, she was learning how you live married life wholly. Yeah, yeah. It's not how, how we were yeah, living our married yeah. life. That started transforming us. And then our kids coming home from school and telling us things we didn't know. And uh, so we had to start learning those yeah, things. Amen. And as we started learning these things, we just, we were, we were being more fulfilled. Our family life was growing stronger. Our marriage was growing much stronger. Praise um, God. When I, I decided... So getting it, involved in the missions was, 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 was transforming it, your family. It transformed right? everything. Oh, we had a question coming from Ryan from Boise. How can I move away from a consumer mindset? Um, you know, Ryan, just listening to Mark right now. I mean, so many of these ideals, if they stay ideals, they're not going to make an impact in your life. If you want to actually let the Word of God transform you and make you happier... <laughs> I mean, really, we're made for happiness. We're made for joy. If, if people are going for consumerism, it's because you're convinced it'll make you happy. Because you're following your heart, which is stupid. <laughs> Follow your, your well-formed mind, which will lead your heart, right? But if, if we don't let these things translate to concrete realities, it just it, it doesn't make a difference in our lives. Mark, I, Mark gave money away. Give money away. I'll, I'll, uh, Ryan, my recommendation is this. Go out and get involved in, a po in an apostolate. A mission, right? A it's mission where you're serving someone else who doesn't have what you have, right? You're, you're probably um, way better off than many, many people that, that you don't know. Go out and start helping some people you don't know who are really in need. And uh, I remember we, we helped this uh, mm. family from the Congo and we bought them clothing. They'd come from the Congo, they had no winter clothing, it was winter. We bought them winter wow. jackets. Wow. And the joy on these, these people's faces was unbelievable. Wow. They ended up having me be godfather for their, God. their newest daughter. Uh, the joy in them was unbelievable, yeah. and we had to help bring that about. This is something I learned from you, Mark. And by the way, uh, texting your, your questions, we'd love to hear from you, we'd love to answer you. Uh, this is something I've learned from you, is that, and it's the way you give, and it's more labor intensive. You don't just cut a check, you get involved. Um, and I learned from Christ in the City, which we probably should have a whole other episode where we talk about that. It's, an, it's a, a mission, well, you keep using the word apostolate. That's like a, a, a mission within mission. the Catholic Church that Mark founded where young people will go out and give their lives to serving the poor in, in the streets of Denver. And it's spreading to other cities now. But, but going and helping with that, um, the missionaries, they encourage you to learn the people's names. Because the homeless, more than being starved for money, are starved for human interaction. Relationship. Relationship. Yeah. And it's life-changing to actually see the impact, learn the names. Uh, yeah, praise God, man. Praise God. You know, if, if, if you think it's, let's just use a silly example, fun buying a latte. Yeah. Look for a guy on the street and buy him a cup of coffee. Take yeah. him into a coffee shop and buy him a, a cup of coffee and see the gratitude that he has. I did that before we met at the coffee mm. shop. Yes, I remember. I pulled a guy in from the street and yeah. I said, would you like a cup of coffee? Um, oh, and he yeah. said, yes. And I bought him a cup of coffee. You met him. That's it. We were hanging at the coffee shop. In. Mark's like, hey, here's my friend Tim. You know, um, and, and this is, 
Again, this is not something like Mark. You, you, God put you in a unique position where you could make a mega difference. You could throw an amount out where, like, I don't know, you're retiring. And what, 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 how old were you when you were able to retire? 50. 50. That's not the average person's story, right? And you make an archbishop fall out of his chair. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm never going to make an archbishop fall out of his chair with my gift, right? But that doesn't mean I can't give and do the same thing for my soul by giving an amount that, that works for me to an apostolate, to some charity, um, that, and, that, and that can change my life. And I, I was, uh, I, we, we work with a mission in Haiti, Real Life Catholic, and I was, I was preaching to a crowd there, and they were, I mean, talk about dead broke, right? And I was telling them, find somebody who's in deeper need than you. Right. And give to them. Uh, there's a story of Mother Teresa. She brought a family a bowl of rice. This family was starving. They split the bowl in half. It's like, what are you doing? Oh, my neighbor needs the other half of the bowl. Like, wow. no matter how, how poor you are, how, how much you're struggling, when you do that, that raises you up to the position of a king, doesn't it? There's a beauty. God, God could provide for everybody's needs himself, but he chooses to give to us so that we can share his joy of being providers. Man, that's just beautiful. That's worth so much more than having a jet ski. I'm not shaming you if you have a jet ski. It's perfectly fine to have a jet ski, right? How do you Just, balance that? How do you balance, like how much stuff, I know you have stuff you have fun with. Yeah. Where's the line? How do you determine the line? You know, I, what I like to do is I like to make sure I'm helping plenty of other people and then the things we have, we use and we enjoy them, but don't become attached to them. Yeah. Um, I think that's the most important thing. So many people are attached, like, um, you know, they'll buy a new car, and if there's just one little nick or bump in it, they just, they, they go crazy. Yeah. And, like, it's a car. Come you on, get over it. So if that's you, take a hammer out to your new car, give it one ding, <laughs> just one ding. <laughs> but there is, there is the interior level of do I feel attached, but there's also, like, for our family, a, a simple rule is we make sure we tithe 10%. Even if we don't have it that month, we're going to tithe 10%. Yeah. Going to give that, that. That puts God first. That reminds me, like, I can't get all attached to money. What were you saying? Man? Well, uh, the other thing I was going to say is my bank account is pretty big, but I don't, I struggle to s s spend it on myself. In fact, that drives mm -hmm. my wife crazy sometimes. I have no problem going out and help, helping somebody on the street or, you know, writing a check for uh, hurricane relief for Hurricane mm -hmm. Ida. Um, that... I, I can do that in a heartbeat, but to spend something on myself is a lot harder. And, and there's probably some sin in that, too. I, I, I probably have to get the balance a little bit better, but I don't need things. God's given me everything I need. He's given me all the graces. And Candace yep. uh, asks, how can we give if we don't have much money right now? Um, give yourself. Give, give yourself. Your I'll tell you what. Nobody is rich in time. Everybody gets 24 hours a day. And if you give your time, you That's are true. giving the That's same true. that, um, who's the guy that owns uh, Google? Uh, who owns Google? Somebody in the studio. She shot, I, don't, I don't know. Okay, or what's the other one? Uh, Bezos or whatever it is. Yeah, he, Bezos. He has the same yeah. amount of time. You're right. Uh, there, there's, there's all, I would also challenge uh, Candace. You know, and, and you can't say this as, uh, because, you know, how, whatever, how big your bank account is. My, my early career was in youth ministry, right? And I was still tithing when I was w having to live with my mother-in-law to, to make ends meet at our house, which was an hour commute to the parish that I was working at in parish youth ministry. I, and I was still tithing even then. And, and why? Because I mean, when you put God first, I mean, he's, he's, he always blesses. He's always yeah. going to provide back. Again, I'm, I'm preaching to people in Haiti, and, and they get what I'm saying. 
Like, yeah, I, I get, I, I'm gonna, if you're feeling down, find someone who's more down than you. If you're feeling poor, find someone who's more poor than you. Give something. Everybody could do something. Uh, this scripture really speaks to me, Mark. It's from uh, 1 Timothy 6, 10. Uh, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It's through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. And I love how he says the love of money. And a lot of people mistranslate this and say money is the root of all evil. And that's absolutely not true. See, we, when we misinterpret the, the, the words of God, it scares us away from what we think God is saying. And this is one of the devil's oldest tricks in the garden. You know, where he said, God said you shouldn't even touch that fruit. And, it, and no, that's not what God said. <laughs> He didn't say, or don't, don't even look at it. That's not yeah. what God said. Uh, God never said that having money is evil. Loving money is evil. And if you put God in his place and put money in its place, you know, by making sure you shave off a certain por portion of your money, shave off a, cer a certain portion of your time to give to people who can never give back to you, it doesn't just make you holy, it makes you happy. Oh, it makes you very happy. And I, I, I think one of the keys is going out and finding something that makes you happy. What are you passionate about? I happen mm -hmm. to be passionate about people who are homeless on the street because I could have been one of them the way I was living my early life. Yeah. And uh, some of these people are out there because they've, they've done something bad or, or misused or whatever. Some people are out there through no fault of their own. They're a victim of circumstances. But they're still a child of God. And they deserve every bit of dignity as you or I deserve. Yeah. And so if you, I happen to love helping them, so I go out in the street once a week, give them some food and spend time with them. And spending time with them is the, is the thing they want more than anything else. Beautiful. But, but they sh any, your audience should go out and find something they really like doing. Maybe it's helping kids with math. Maybe it's, you know, going and helping... Um, after school soccer or whatever. Yeah, do you know, it is more blessed to give than to receive. The Lord said it, the science backs it up. Mark's life, St. Francis's life, the lives of so many countless saints back this fact up. It's the path to joy. St. Francis, pray for us that we'd be like you. Thank you guys so much for being with us. We'll see you next Monday. Man, wasn't that great? Listen, if you don't want to be happy, be sure not to subscribe. But if you want a more joyful life, the kind of life that God created you for, the kind of life Jesus promised when he said, I came to give you life to the full, then make sure you hit subscribe and share this channel with everybody you know.